Yeah, so let's continue to pray one for another. Will we do that? Amen. 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 Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. Meet me in the book. Matthew chapter 14, beginning at verse 22. Matthew chapter 14, beginning at verse 22. Father God, we come before your presence once again in Jesus' name just to say thank you. Lord, you know what I've studied. You know, God, the word that needs to go forth. You know the time that it requires for it to be proclaimed. With that being said, we give our time over to you in the person of your Holy Spirit. Speak to your people. Convince, convert, convict. You get glory, praise, and honor to yourself. We thank you, God, for the worship and praise that has gone up to you this, this, this morning. We thank you for liberty that we can celebrate birthdays. My wife's and everybody's birthday that was in July, we celebrate. Then we've got August birthdays coming up. Sister Autry's on the first. But Lord, having said that, we're grateful that we have life. We're able to function. We're able to continue on in this sin-sick secular world. And we ask that in all our doing, it make a difference. So we say yes to your will, your word and your way. For it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. With thanksgiving always, let all of God's people say amen, amen, and amen. Matthew chapter 14, beginning at verse 22. I'm reading from the New Living Translation says, immediately after this, Jesus insisted, don't miss that, that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Verse 24, meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble. Don't miss that. Far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. Don't miss that. Verse 26, when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified in their fear, and they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Verse 29, yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind in the waves, he was terrified and he began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. 
Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. I want to talk around the subject, the thought for maybe 25 minutes if I get that. You'll never walk on water until you get out of the boat. You'll never walk on water. Who's God talking to this morning? Until you get out of the boat. In other words, you'll never be able to do an impossible thing in your life without faith, focus, and favor from God who rules over the realm of impossibilities. Impossibility means something that cannot be done or cannot happen. Impossible. You've heard me talking about it oftentimes and then some. God rules over the realm of impossibility. God is not only the God of impossibilities, he's above every impossibility. I wish I had some witnesses. Some of y'all looking at me funny. The apostle Paul knew something about what I just said about this God that works in the realm of impossibilities. How do you know that? Well, in Philippians 4.13, Paul said, I can do all things. Let me point around. I can do all of these impossible things through Christ, which strengthens me. With all of that being said, let me ask this question to you. When is the last time you took a risk? I'm talking about a major risk. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm talking about when is the last time you really stepped out of your comfort zone? I'm not talking about you playing the lottery, trying to get a billion dollars. I'm not talking about that. Uh, I'm not talking about you playing the slot machines. When is the last time you really took a risk on yourself. Now I understand most of us do that. We're wired for survival. And we naturally try to avoid perceived threats as much as we can. Do I have a witness? That is one of the reasons why so many of us have find it difficult to move beyond our comfort zone. We want to stay with the familiar. You know, and and, 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 and and in order to step out of your comfort zone, it takes different kinds of preparation. You've got to have mental preparation. You've got to be spiritually prepared. You've got to be emotionally and oftentimes psychologically prepared to step out of your comfort zone. Well, my question is, when if ever have you taken a step of faith in the direction of your purpose you know everybody has purpose. You and I are not sitting here this morning uh, without purpose. Uh, we may not, you may not know your purpose, but God has not allowed you or me to continue to live without a purpose. 
Some of us are wandering blindly around. I don't know what to do. You're bored. You're, you're playing with this. You're teetotaling with that. Uh, you, you act like you don't know if you're coming or going. That's not God's fault. That's your fault. And I suggest, and I, I really think God has told some of us a long time ago what he wanted you to do. But you continue to resist. And you wander around and you get yourself in trouble. John Ortberg, pastor and author of a number of books on spiritual formation, said, if you want to walk on water, you've got to get out of the boat. He calls it water walking. Amen, somebody. We think it's impossible. But if God calls you to come on out in the water, you'll be all right. Do I have a witness? See, you and I were made for something more than just sitting in the boat. Some of us just sit in the boat. Filled with timidity, fearful, with a lack of courage or confidence. Some folk don't know whether they're coming or going. We really don't know what motivated Peter to want to get out of the boat, to walk on the water. I don't know if anybody's been on a trip, uh, you know, on a, uh, out on the sea. And uh, naturally thinking, if you were to look out and see maybe in the distance, maybe, you know, far distance, an island, and the boat wasn't taking, you know, going faster, I don't think you would want to just step out. I don't think so. You know. <laughs> but, 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 but Peter, <laughs> he, he asked, Lord, can I come out? <laughs> he got more guts than me. Amen, somebody. See, but you do understand, these were disciples in the boat. Disciples, those who want to stay close. And, and, and the, the text says that, that, that they were uh, in a lake. And a, a lake is, is usually around 25 feet deep. They went in a lake, these disciples, and in, in the lake, a storm came up. Not just any kind of storm, but if you look at the context of this passage, the miracle of Jesus feeding the 5,000 had, had, had just finished. And, and Jesus wanted some time alone to pray. So he told his disciples to get on a boat, and go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. The Bible says Jesus wanted some time alone, and that's understood. The, the disciples are in a difficult scenario. scenario. Uh, uh, they, they, they're in a situation. They're, they're experienced sea, seamen, fishers, uh, sailors, for lack of a better word. It ain't the first time they've been in a storm. It's not the first boat they've been in, but it was something about this particular thing. Peter's the only one out of the 12 that's willing to take a risk. And risk taking is a major part of life. Hello, somebody. For many people these days, just take a, uh, you take a risk when you come out of the house. Am I right about it? I left the church, uh, what was it, on Friday uh, after I had taken care of some business in here. And, uh, Doing my normal, you know, going up Wayne Avenue and waiting for the light, you know, green and the light turned green. Do you not know that a car coming from 
out of nowhere, ran the light and went right across me. Every time you move, you take a risk. Am I right about it? There's no guarantee that you're going to get home. We're trusting God that we will. But, but, but life is filled with risk taking. Am I right about it? But I found out in this passage, you'll never be able to walk on water. You'll never be able to get where God wants you to be until you get out of the boat. The Bible, many people take, take, have taken risks. Remember Esther in Esther chapter 4, 16. In other words, they took a risk where they had to rely on God while being uncertain about a situation. Esther, in verse uh, 16 of Esther chapter 4, she said, uh, it says, Go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. And then, though it's against the law, I will go in to see the king. If I must die, I must die. Esther risked her life to save her people. Am I right about it? She wasn't supposed to go uninvited before the king, particularly with some kind of issue. But she did. She took a risk and she trusted God to get her through. Walking on water involves getting out of your comfort zone. Y'all remember the three Hebrew boys took risk. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. You remember they stood before Nebuchadnezzar and said in Daniel 3, 17 and 18, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. Verse 18 of Daniel 3 says, but even if he doesn't, have you ever got to the point where even if God doesn't take you out of your situation, even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. They took a risk. Am I right about it? Moses and the people took a risk in Exodus 14. 21 and 22, it says Moses raised his hand over the sea and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. The wind blew all that night, turning the seabed into dry land. And the Bible goes on in verse 22, so the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. They took a risk. Understand, it's not normal to see the sea roll back and allow you to walk through it on dry land. Am I right about it? The Bible calls it faith because it's a, not a walk by sight. It's a faith and trust walk. Do I have a witness? Remember the text says, and I got to repeat it because I want you to get this. The disciples are in a stormy situation. While in the will of God. They're going through something. While in the will of God. Jesus is the one that told them. To get into the boat. And go to the other side. They got into the boat. To cross over. So they were in God's will. Who is God talking to this morning? You're complaining because you're being obedient. 
and you're still going through, God never told you that your obedience was going to uh, allow you to uh, uh, go through or, or not have to go through any problems. Am I right about it? And the, the, the Bible said that the disciples left behind everything to follow Jesus with faith. And Peter, in this particular case, he left the relative safety of the boat to step out into a humanly impossible situation to walk on water because Jesus told him to do so. Verse 29 of the text says, Jesus said, so yes, come. Yes, come. One of the things I credit Peter for, he didn't try to do it without asking, checking with Jesus. Is anybody, some of us try to do something ahead of time because we feel it's the right thing. We think it's the right thing. We believe in and of ourselves that it's the right thing. But we never check with God. It's like somebody said, I've been praying about a situation, and then you go on and do it. And then later on, I said, well, did God tell you? So you, you don't say, well, I don't know, but I prayed about it. If you're praying, God don't say nothing, don't do it. Oh, I lost some of y'all. You, you've been praying for a long time, and because you're praying for a long time, you think whatever you're praying for must mean that it's okay. And God sometimes doesn't say nothing to you in your prayers. You're not supposed to move until you know that 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 you know, that you know God told you so. See, sometimes God is trying to teach you patience. You credit, but I've been praying for six months, okay? I've been praying for two years on this thing, okay? God must have said so. I'm, I must have been asleep on it. You still asleep. No, 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 no. See, it was a big deal for Peter or anybody else for that matter to get out of the boat. Because listen, why? The boat represented relative safety and familiarity. That's why it's difficult for so many people to get out of the boat. You know, the boat. What, what boat are you in this morning? Is the boat a boat of carnality? Is it the boat of fear? Is it the boat of frustration? What boat of failure? You know, fatigue? What boat are you in? Are you tired? See, somebody gets tired and worn out. And you can't hardly make it and you blame it on God. God says, no, get some sleep. We're worried about this. We're worried about that. Am I right about fatigue? Like Elijah, lay down and get yourself some sleep. Frustrated. Frustrated over what? About what? We get frustrated and that interferes with God's will for our lives because we allow frustration to supersede what God has said. Failure. Take a ticket and stand in line. Who hasn't failed? Sometimes it's because of the failure that you finally get it right. Oh, I don't know who God is talking to. Sometimes you need to fail to show you there's a different way, a better way. Am I right about it? And then some people just are fearful. Outright fearful. But God has not given us, given you, on me a spirit of fear am I right about it a spirit of fear there's one thing to spirit uh, uh, fear reverential to reverence him but fear in the human sense of you always worried about the next move if God tells you to do something do it am I right about it you got to obey God in your impossible situation 
See, when you obey God, he'll give you more than you ask for. When you obey God, he'll give you more than you need. When you obey God, he'll give you more than you deserve. Y'all better write that down. See, when you obey him, he'll give you more than you ask for, more than you need, and more than you deserve. Do I have a witness up in here? You only asked for this, and God gave you that plus. Am I right about it? When Jesus is about to show you up, show you something. See, because Peter is dealing with a miracle, a miraculous situation. When Jesus is about to show up and to show out in a particular situation, and it's usually when strong winds of adversity is going on in your life. That's when Jesus usually show up. When you're having all kind of problems with people, places, and things. When your money is funny. <laughs> when your relationship is shaky. When you don't know what to do next. Some people don't know whether they're going to stay in church. I don't know whether I'm going to stay in Abyssinian. I might be thinking about going somewhere else. And God says, you better think it out. Think it through because the next move you make ain't going to be no better than where you are. You're going to still carry your dead baggage with you. You're just going to be with a new scene. It ain't like you finished and took care of what was already wrong. Stop trying to move until God and unless God tells you to. And sometimes you got to get out of the boat. Understand this, and I looked at this, uh, Reverend. Uh, the setting in Matthew chapter 14 is also recorded in Mark and John's gospel. But listen, y'all. Matthew's gospel is unique in that it's the only gospel to record Peter walking on water. Y'all check it out. It's only in Matthew. And I'm talking about you'll never walk on water until you get out of the boat. How does Peter walking on water relate to you and me this morning? That's a good question. How does that relate? I've already said that you sometimes have to be willing to take great risk. Have I got a witness? Matthew chapter 14 verse 29 simply states that Peter walks on water toward Jesus. And then verse 30 interrupts this, listen, moment with a conjunction. But, y'all just read it with me. Matthew 14 verse 30, there's a conjunction. The conjunctions are words that link other words, phrases, or clauses together. Conjunctions, for, and, nor, or, yet, so, and in this case, but. Verse 30 says, but when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was doing fine while he had his eyes on Jesus. But when he stopped looking at Jesus, when he started looking at his impossible situation, when he took his mind off the one who told him, you can do this. You can get through this. He started stepping on a liquid sidewalk while he focused on Jesus. But when he took his eyes off of the one who told him to come, but when he saw, wasn't it still winning strong when he got out? But he was focused on the creator, the sustainer of life. But when he took his mind, 
took his eyes. Who's God talking to this morning? You started out all right, but you started looking at this, that, and the other. You started out all right in your marriage, but you started all right in your finances, but but when he saw the strong wind and the waves, the Bible says he was terrified and he began to sink. And he hollered out, save me, Lord. The Bible says he shouted. I told you last week and a couple of weeks before, I've been in situations in this church, in my finances, in my situations where I was doing all right as long as I kept my eyes focused on him. But then I started thinking about how we going to pay this. Took my eyes off Jesus. How are we going to pay that, Keisha? How are we going to get this roof fixed, Keisha? How are we going to get this all this new stuff up in here? It's an impossible situation. Y'all ain't hearing me. How are we going to change this whole configuration? It's going to happen, y'all. How are we going to get this whole thing into a new thing? It's an impossible. But... See, God already reassured me, I'm going to get it done. Not for you, but for my glory. But when I took my eyes off of him, I began to worry. Minister President, how are we going to get this done? Reverend, how are we going to do this? How are we going to get it? God says, stop looking at the impossible. I'm God over the impossible. Put your eyes back on me. Get out of the boat. Get out of the boat. Stop allowing yourself to be distracted. I can only imagine the other disciples said, Peter, you done lost your mind. Yeah, I don't know if they heard him talking to Jesus. I mean, you know, it don't say it, so I don't know. Maybe he hollered, hey, Jesus! I don't know. You know, or maybe he said, Jesus, just me. But the disciples imagine this. They rocking real boat. And all of a sudden they see one of their mates. He's stepping out. And Peter lost his mind. You come on, y'all go with me. Pastor Point and lost his mind. We on a trip to Jamaica and he's stepping out. <laughs> we on a trip to Jamaica, Sister Pat, Pastor Law. He didn't. He didn't fell under the. Listen, my wife even said, "Honey, I love you, but I don't know what to tell you." <laughs> it, it's like uh, you know the impossible situation. I, I saw this thing, uh, Pam, where where the woman was arguing with her husband or something in the car. In, 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 in one of them great adventures, the place where you got wild animals walking, running loose. And she got in an argument with her husband. Now, this ain't making sense. She got out of her car, out of her door, went around to her husband's driver's side, and, 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 and opened the door. Did she open the door? Open the door. I guess she wanted to go, go to blows with him or something. Daggone tiger went and grabbed her. And, and took, and then he started to run. He said, oh, Lord, I'm getting back in the car. She, she got out of the boat, but God didn't tell her to get out of the boat. The flesh told her to get out of the boat. And she died because she got out. You don't get out of the boat until the Lord tells you to get out of the boat. Who is God talking to this morning? Uh, you got to get out when the Lord 
says get out. I'm almost done. Uh, I imagine when Peter took his eyes off the Lord, he began to seek in this 25, 30 foot water. Can't you remember, imagine he walked and he said, man, this feels good. I'm getting close to my Lord. And you see, I, I believe the devil will whip up winds. I believe the Lord will allow the enemy to whip up storms in your life. You know, when you're doing all right and you starting to you you starting things starting to work out, and 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 the devil says, Lord, can I? And he got to get permission. Can I whip up some storms? I bet you, if I whip up storms, they're gonna stop following. And you know, you would think by this time, y'all didn't heard this preaching all the time. You would stop taking your eyes off Jesus. But that's what we do. When the devil whipped up the storm, they start looking. How am I gonna do this? What's going on? And you stop look. And he began to sing. I'm looking at the Bible. Verse 31 says, when he cried out, Lord, save me, immediately. Not in a little while. Who is God talking about? Immediately. Is God talking to you this morning? You, 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 you sinking deep in trouble in your situation. And, and pride tells you, the devil says you don't need, no, no, no. You need to humble yourself. Cry out, Lord, save me, help me, help me and my family. And the Bible says he immediately reached out his hand and caught Peter. And after Peter was safe, the Bible says Jesus rebuked him. He got to get fussed out for his little faith some of us don't have as much faith as we try to act like it says jesus rebuked him for his weak faith even though it was stronger than the other disciples see they 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 they, they, they punked out they said we're gonna see what the end gonna be <laughs> they watched <laughs> they, they watched peter walk for a minute you know, they still confound the probably holding their head. What? And then when he starts to see, I know it, damn. He must have been on a floating board or something. No. Jesus rebuked him. But Jesus used his rebuke to help Peter and the other disciples see that consistent confidence in Jesus is absolutely necessary consistent persistent I don't know what you praying some of our prayers come together but some of us have unique prayers for your particular situation some of us have been praying for people other people and whatever else your finances your health come on how you gonna pay your kids School bills. We got some young people concerned about how they're going to pay their tuition. You're in an impossible situation. School said they ain't giving no more money out. But you're in an impossible situation. But you know the God who rules over the impossible situation. God loves to work out things when it's impossible. Am I right about it? Ah, uh, 
Let me give you these five quick lessons. Y'all want to get this. That you learn from this storm. Remember, I'm talking about you'll never walk on water until, somebody say until, you get out of the boat. Let me give you five lessons. Y'all going to get these right quick. Number one, always remember, this is lesson number one. Lessons we learn from Peter's walk on water, and then we'll be done. Number one, always remember, peace is not found in the absence of the storm, but in the presence of Jesus. Y'all yeah, yeah. missed it. Some of us want the storm to stop. Jesus says, I already told you, in your impossible situation is where I get my glory. Stop waiting for the storm to stop. Stop waiting for you to finally get all the money. Stop waiting until your, everybody else starts acting right. Stop waiting until they say, well, you don't have cancer no more. No, while you're going through all of that, stay focused on the Lord. And you'll find out that peace is always in the presence of Jesus. Uh, John 16, 33 says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Y'all missed that. Not peace outside of me. Peace in Jesus. Here on earth, you will have many trials. Here on earth, you'll have many storms and sorrows. But take heart, be encouraged, because I have overcome the world. Am I right about it? But wait a minute, let me hasten. I said not only is peace found in Jesus, the presence of Jesus, not in the absence of the storm, but number two, you got to obey God when he calls, even when things seem impossible. You got to obey God when he calls. That means you need to know his voice. I told you about all these voices talking to you. You can't be listening to your voice and other people's voice in the devil. But you got to know Jesus voice. Now, I can't tell you how you're supposed to know Jesus' voice. You know Jesus' voice by being with him, spending time with him. Y'all looking at me like, how am I going to? I can't tell you. I know when I hear his voice. And his voice, his word will always link up with what's in his word. It will never contradict his word. Obey God when he calls, even when things seem impossible. Fatigue, frustration, failure, and fear. All of those things. Your boat can also be whatever faith and trust you put in other people, other places and things other than God. Your boat could be whatever you are tempted to cling to. Especially when life gets a little stormy. See, some folk, when troubles come, they want to run to drugs and alcohol. They want to get drunk all over again. Don't you know about around now that getting drunk, getting high don't change things? 
Don't you know just because you went to sleep with him and her again, that don't change nothing? That just adds more to the drama? Your boat is whatever pulls you away from an attempt of gratitude and keeps you from praise and worship of the Lord. Let me hurry up. Not only peace is not found in the absence of the storm, but in the presence of Jesus. Not only obey God when he calls, even when things seem impossible, but lesson number three, we've been talking about stay focused. Somebody say stay focused. Stay focused. Every step you take, don't lose sight of Jesus. Peter was only able to walk on water when he kept his eyes fixed on Jesus. Am I right about it? And the moment he took his eyes off, he began to go down. Lesson number four, don't let fear distract you from following God. Am I right about it? I heard somebody say, y'all want to get this. I'm using the acronym for fear. F-E-A-R. It has two meanings. I said, one fear, F-E-A-R, says forget everything and run. That's one. But the other says face everything and rise. Y'all missed it. One fear will tell you to forget about what God said and do your own thing. But the fear that you need to follow is face everything and rise up. The choice is yours. When Peter forgot, and I'm closing, to keep his eyes on Jesus, he began to go down. But when he remembered that he ought to look and focus on Jesus because he cried out, save me. Jesus immediately saved him. I'm glad he had enough presence of mind to know even if he had messed up, you can never be in so much trouble that Jesus won't deliver you. Oh, come on, somebody. I don't know what you did and nobody else wants to forgive you. But the Lord is a forgiving God. Am I right about it? Matthew 11, 28 and 30 says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burdens I give you is light. Am I right about it? Let me close this thing. Not only don't let fear distract you from God and stay focused, and obey God when it calls and know that peace is found in the presence of Jesus. But remember, God will rescue you when you begin to sink under the weight of your circumstances. He loves to do things when you're in it. Y'all missed it. <laughs> Y'all want a cushiony life when everything's going on fine. God says, You'll get to know who I really am when hell brings out. That's when you get to know how awesome God is. When trouble breaks out all over you. When your family acts crazy. 
when everybody misunderstands you, when people are hating on you, when things ain't working out, when you lose your job, when you lose your man, when you lose your woman, when you seem like you're losing your children, when you know if God don't do something, it ain't gonna get done. God will show up. Won't he show up? He'll show up and he'll show out. That's how awesome God is. He'll pick you up, turn you out, place your feet on solid ground. Am I right about it? But wait a minute. When God does what he does, it says in the text, they worship him. Don't let it go. When God does what he does, worship him. Give him glory. Give him honor. Give him all. Say yes to Jesus. Yes to Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for saving me. If you want to walk on water, get out. Get out. Get out. Get out of the boat. Give God some praise. My, 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 What I'm saying to you in here, out there, after all God has done for you and me, worship is still the most rational response to recognize and acknowledge God in your life. It's the most reasonable thing. Don't you look at me and act like God ain't done nothing for you lately. He woke you up this morning. He put food on your table. You got a roof over your head. You got a car money to get on the bus. You got legs to walk. You got eyes to see, ears to hear, a nose to smell, and hands to feel. Don't you tell me you don't have nothing to worship him about. I dare somebody right now just to thank him for a moment. Don't look at me. Thank God for what he's done. Out there, thank God for what he's already done. Thank him. Don't pray. Thank him. Uh, they were convinced by what they saw but isn't it even more a blessing that we don't have to see but we still believe am I right about it we believe and when you believe and trust God whatever boat you're in when God says come out y'all better hear me Sometimes you may need to stay in the boat if he ain't told you. But Peter was told, summoned by Jesus. Don't say I told you to jump out. No, you're in trouble if Jesus didn't tell you. But you got to know that you know when Jesus is talking to you. Let me tell you right now, the boat that everyone has to get out of if you want to go to heaven is the boat of 
being unsaved. The boat of sinful rebellion against God. The Bible says all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you're in here today, the first call, and you've never acknowledged that you're a sinner, and you want to go to heaven, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, no woman, no boy or girl can get to my Father in heaven except by me. Then you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. But there's a second thing. Jesus not only saves you unto salvation, but he also saves you on a daily basis from other troubles. I'm so glad that he saved me on Friday when I went on the right light and somebody came across me. Anybody know that Jesus is still saving you? He's going to save you to get home later on. Second call. You're already saved, but you don't have a church home. The doors of Abyssinian is opening. Why don't you come? What are you waiting for? You're looking for a perfect church? There is no perfect church. You don't have a perfect home, but you live there. If you don't have a church home, you need to come on down. Is there one in here? Out there, you don't have a church home. You need to belong to somebody's church. Third call, you already saved, you already have a church home. You can be a backslider and have been saved for 30 years and still be a backslider. You're out of fellowship. You don't have the joy of your salvation that you once had. God wants to restore and you want to be restored back to the joy of your salvation. Either one of those calls. Is there one not saved? Don't have a church home. Or you're a backslider. You want to be restored back to the joy of your salvation. Give God some praise. Give God some praise. Hallelujah. I need you to survive. Sing that one time. We're done. Come on, this is a worship time. You don't get this all the time. I need you. Thank you, Lord. You are important. Hallelujah. I need I need you. Survive. Father, we thank you and we praise you. We acknowledge your peace, your presence, and your lordship as we leave from this place, but never from your presence. Grant us traveling mercies. Remind us, God, 
that your I word is true. You. Faith come by I hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let us not be just hearers, but doers of your word. Remind us, God, of those things that we've heard today. Let us come next Sunday for communion. My Sunday, my wife and I, before we go on vacation, let us gather together in your name. Lord, bless us and keep us. For you, you pray for me. I love you. I worship I him. Give God some praise. That's all right, daughter. I hope. Words from my mouth. I love you. Oh, Thank you, Lord. It is His will. It's His will. Let me be supplied. You are important to me. I need you to survive. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you.